This is Core of the Matter on 90.3 The Core, the public affairs forum of your very own 90.3 The Core. And it's election night. Tonight, we are talking about voting. We're talking about races around the country. I'm Mindy Hoffman. I'm here with Yashwanth Manjanath. Hey, everybody. And so, Yashwanth, you said that actually, before we get started, I would like to remind everyone that the polls don't close until 8 p.m. tonight. So you can hang on to uh, your right to vote for a few more minutes. If you haven't voted yet, please, please go out and vote. If you're not sure where to vote, you can check out areyouvoting.rutgers.edu. Are You Voting is a website run by the Eagleton Institute of Politics here at Rutgers. And you can use that website to find out where you should vote, even if you don't actually go to Rutgers. So check it out and see if you can make your way to the polls. If you have voted, then thank you very much. Now, people around the country have been voting. The polls in New Jersey close at 8. In New York and Connecticut, they close at 9. So already we've got a few results around the country. Yashwanth, what have you heard? Well, so far I've heard that uh, the Republicans appear poised for their first pickup in the House, Indiana's 8th Congressional District. So is that a significant race? Well, not exactly. That 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 district was uh, – it's one that really leans toward the Republicans anyway, uh, which is why it's being called so early. But, uh, you know, some good news for the Democrats is that uh, Huffington Post is reporting that exit polling looks better for the Democrats in tight races right now. So that might mitigate some of their losses. And right here in New Jersey, in Middlesex County, we're voting for congressmen. We're voting for freeholders and also a county clerk and a sheriff. Traditionally, the Democrats have come out ahead. And right now, they're looking pretty good. They are expected to do pretty well, unless there's some kind of upset or surprise. Later today, we will talk to Rick Malwitz a reporter from the Home News Tribune and Courier News. And Yashwant, you have some news? Yeah, I just got an update. Uh, Indiana's Senate race, Dan Coates has defeated Brad Ellsworth. Coates had a strong lead the whole race. He's a former lobbyist and former senator from uh, Indiana, and he defeated uh, the Blue Dog Democrat. Okay, so since we're talking about races around the country, there are several... Races that are going to be politically significant to the Congress over the next two years. So, what is one race that you've been you've had your eye on? Well, obviously, the biggest race tonight, uh, as far as the Democrats are concerned, is uh, Harry Reid's uh, challenge against uh, Sharon Engel. Uh, Harry Reid is the Senate Majority Leader for the Democrats, and if he were to lose, but the Democrats held on to the Senate, there would be a new Senate Majority Leader. Uh, both candidates are extremely unpopular in the state, both well under 50 percent approval. Reed is an, an unpopular incumbent Democrat in a bad year for Democrats and in a bad year for incumbents in a state with 14 percent unemployment. Uh, Angle, on the other hand, is seen as a, a radical extremist member of the Tea Party. Her positions include being against abortion, even in cases of rape and incest, uh, wanting to phase out Social Security and Medicare, 
And uh, should she lose the election, she's encouraged her followers to look to Second Amendment remedies, openly calling for armed rebellion. So this race should be fun for everyone. And could you remind our our, uh, our listeners what the Second Amendment is? Uh, Second Amendment is the one that talks about uh, citizens having the right to bear arms. And I uh, just got in a, a new update on uh, election results. Kentucky, Rand Paul has defeated Jack Conway. So that's... Another uh, win for the Republicans, and it's a, a seat that uh, they're going to be hanging on to. So Sharon Engel in Colorado, what, what's her private sector background? Uh, Sharon Engel, to my knowledge, doesn't have a private sector background. Uh, she, she was a teacher, and she is currently unemployed and living off of her husband's federal pension and her husband's health insurance plan that is government-run. Which is ironic because Engel, of course, is against the government-run health care law that Obama and the Democrats just passed. Hmm. Okay, so you just mentioned a race in Kentucky, and one of our DJs here at the core, Rebecca Berkowitz, spoke to a poll worker, Caroline Osterman, and we'll hear that interview right now. My name is Caroline Osterman, and I am working for the Kentucky Democratic Party. How did you get involved uh, with doing that? I got trained by the DNC in June in Washington, and they've sent me here, and since then I've gotten about 10 other offers, but I'm not one to jump ship and move to another race. What candidates are you are you working for in Kentucky? Um, primarily Attorney General Jack Conway, who's running for Senate, and Congressman Ben Chandler. How does the election look for you down there? Ben Chandler looks pretty good. Jack Conway is in the race of his life, and our opponent is downright crazy. And we are within the margin of error on all the polls, and it's going to come down to turnout. Oh, wow. How do you think, I guess, the, politi- the political climate differs in New Jersey um, than, than where you are now? Um, definitely, I was not expected to go to a state that was completely owned by the coal industry. Oh, wow. And... Any sort of discussion of alternative, alternative, alternative energy and anything that's not coal is just not discussed. Every politician has the coal industry in their back pockets, and you can't say anything bad about it. People are a lot more socially Not as much in Lexington, where I am, which is one of the two major cities in the state and a college town, which is home to UK. Not, so not as much here as the rest of the state, but people are a lot more socially conservative in Kentucky than they are in New Jersey. Has there been, I guess, a lot of, I guess, either craziness or enthusiasm at the rallies? I mean, because there was that that uh, video going around of the woman. Oh, yeah. I was actually at that rally, and okay. I didn't see it firsthand because I was signing people up for to help us get out the vote. But... Since then, that has actually brought us a lot new, a lot of new volunteers, especially from MoveOn.org, where that woman represented. And it's actually flipped a few votes of people we've talked to on the phone. That was where the woman, I guess, her, her face was stepped on. Yes, I was about 100 feet away from it the whole time and didn't even realize it was happening. Have you felt any, any sense of, I guess, worry about personal injury or anything? Or has it been, have things normally been pretty calm? I haven't, not, I haven't worried about that to myself. Okay. That was the only violent incident that I've seen, knock on wood. 
as long as everything tomorrow remains calm. For New Jersey college students, how would they go about getting involved in campaign work or, you know, doing um, what you're doing? I actually, I actually applied with the National Party, but various campaigns are hiring higher field staff. And this is more on the Democratic side than the Republican side. Okay. And the best thing to do is to start as a volunteer because your experiences as a volunteer help you build networking. And in politics, the job is all about networking and who you know and who you don't know. And if you want to get involved, become a volunteer. I mean, I had, had a high school intern who was absolutely wonderful. We have a student from UK who's giving us 35-hour work weeks. Okay. And they're both unpaid and they're just wonderful and they both have future jobs in politics. It's, it's good to know for people looking to get involved. Are you... And of course in New Jersey the opportunities are much more than in any other state because we don't have any off years. That's true. I guess how crazy are things going to get uh, tomorrow, I guess during the day and evening when polls are coming in? Um, I have to be up by 4.30 tomorrow hmm. and I will be at the office at 5.00 and then we'll be checking to make sure all the polls are running smoothly when they open at 6. The polls close a lot earlier here tomorrow than they do in New Jersey. They close at 6 instead of 8. And there's no, there's no early voting, and absentee voting is for a reason. So it really we don't have that vote-by-mail advantage that New Jersey has, which I actually took advantage of myself. It's all going to come to who turns out. I've told all my volunteers tomorrow, don't come until you've voted. That's good, good advice. That was the Corps' own Rebecca Berkowitz talking to Carolyn Osterman. And I'm Mindy Hoffman. I'm here in the studio with Yashwanth Manjanath. Hey, everybody. And uh, thanks for that, Mindy. <laughs> okay, so you just got an update? Yeah, two, uh, two new Senate races ready to be called. Uh, South Carolina, Jim DeMint is uh, the projected winner over Alvin Green. And uh, Democrat Pat Leahy is uh, the projected winner in Vermont. So were either of these races really in question? No, not at all. Uh, in fact, DeMint's opponent, uh, Alvin Green, didn't raise any campaign money for his uh, primary victory uh, except for the $10,000 it costs to, uh, to enter the race, to, to file for the race. And he, there was no campaign, there's, there wasn't campaign literature about him, he didn't have a website? Didn't have anything. Uh, I mean, it really, really was a mystery. No one knew how Alvin Green won. Uh, actually, some Democratic congressman suspected that he might have been a Republican plant. Huh. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. Now, there were, in one of our local races in the 6th Congressional District, um, the current congressman is a Democrat, Frank Pallone Jr., and he's being challenged by Anna Little. She's a Tea Party Republican. She actually beat the Republican candidate in the primary. And they also, there are two other challengers in that race. However, there is no information about them on the Internet. They don't have a website. They don't have an email address. They don't have a phone number. And, I mean, we tried to contact them. We even asked on the air if anyone knew how to get in touch with these people, <laughs> if they would let us know. And I, I don't understand how in 2010 someone can go to all the trouble of running for office, which takes some effort, and not even have not even have an email address. Jeez. Not even put. I mean, anybody can get. Any, everybody knows someone who can put up a website. Not even have a Twitter. I mean, come on. What, what are you doing? How do you expect to win? Exactly. So we're going to talk a little more about some of the races around the country. 
you were uh, interested in Colorado. What's happening in Colorado? Yeah, well, this is uh, the race for Ken Salazar's old seat. Uh, Salazar is now serving as President Obama's Secretary of the Interior. Uh, Michael Bennett is the Democrat, and he's the incumbent right now. And he was one of the strongest uh, proponents of the public option as a part of Obama's health care law. The public option would have created a government-run uh, nonprofit health insurance company to compete with the private insurance companies and uh, reduce costs for health insurance consumers and taxpayers. Of course, the public option ultimately did not make it into the final health care bill, uh, despite Bennett's efforts. Now, Bennett's opposition is uh, another Tea Party Republican, uh, Ken Buck, who wants to repeal all of health care reform. Uh, Buck has also called climate change a hoax, but has yet to elaborate further on that conspiracy theory of his. Buck's position on social issues are that he's against gay marriage and gay equality in general and is against abortion even in cases of uh, rape or incest. And uh, speaking of rape, as district attorney of Weld County five years ago, Buck accused an alleged rape victim of having buyer's remorse. Yeah, well, Buck also refused to prosecute that particular rape case despite having two taped confessions from the suspect uh, one in which the suspect admits having sex with the woman, despite her repeatedly telling him no, and another in which the suspect unknowingly confesses to the victim herself over the phone. Uh, it will be interesting to see how Buck's failure to convict an alleged rapist with such solid evidence affects him with the woman vote. Right now, Buck is winning in the latest aggregate polling, by a point, but the outcome of this race is very much still in question, and it's actually trending towards Bennett. So has that has that been a big issue in that campaign? Have people been talking about that? Well, not as much as they should be, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, Mother Jones recently uh, wrote an article about the story about a week ago. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I would think if it was getting the press that it should be, it's hard to imagine why any woman in Colorado would... Uh, would vote for Ken Buck, although I'm sure Bennett is doing very well with the woman vote, as Democrats traditionally do. And there's something interesting happening in Alaska, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. This is uh, <laughs> this is another race that's very interesting. It's a three-way contest between the Tea Party Republican Joe Miller, uh, Democrat Scott McAdams, and uh, Lisa Murkowski, the, independ uh, the incumbent Republican running as an independent. Uh, this might be the most interesting race of the night. Just because uh, the polling on this is completely unreliable because it's Alaska and because it, there is a write-in candidate in Murkowski. Now, uh, Joe Miller, the Tea Party candidate, won the Republican primary, so he'll be on the ballot as the Republican. On social issues, Miller is opposed to gay marriage and gay equality overall and is pro-life. Uh, on economic issues, Miller believes that Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and unemployment insurance are all unconstitutional. Uh, of course, hurting Miller's credibility is the fact that his wife collected unemployment insurance after she was fired. Uh, and uh, Miller is also suffering from fallout due to his uh, kidnapping of a reporter he deemed was asking questions that were too tough. He kidnapped a reporter? Yeah, yeah. His campaign staff, uh, apparently, uh, they put the reporter in handcuffs. And uh, of course, the police had to had to be involved and, and tell them that you can't do that, that, that there's the First Amendment and, and all that. 
Now, McAdams, the uh, the Democrat running in the race, is uh, the former mayor of Sitka, which is the fifth largest city in Alaska. McAdams is a moderate Democrat who is pro-gun and a fiscal hawk in favor of covering uh, in favor of cutting government spending by five percent across the board. And uh, on social issues, McAdams is a strong supporter of the LGBT community, including repealing "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" and supporting gay marriage. He's also pro-choice on abortion. And he wants to end uh, tax breaks for corporations that ship jobs overseas. This is 90.3 The Core. You're listening to special election night coverage. And we've been talking about races around the country and races right here in New Jersey. Um, in Most of Rutgers is located in the 6th Congressional District, which the, the main candidates in that race are Frank Pallone Jr., who is the incumbent Democrat, and then there's Anna Little, who is the... Tea Party Republican challenger. It's interesting that in that race, Little has been very vocal. She spoke here on the core, and she and Pallone are supposed to have a debate. However, Pallone, despite the fact that we contacted him many times, chose not to be interviewed by us, and then he didn't show up to the debate. Now, I've been told that this could be because he's been ahead in the polls, and he didn't want to risk saying something that would mess it up, but I don't know, you might think twice if your uh, if your candidate doesn't want to talk about what he's uh, how he's feeling. However, in district in the twelfth district, which includes parts of Rutgers and actually parts of five different counties, it's a pretty weird district. But the incumbent in that is Democrat Rush Holt, and he's being challenged by Frank Saprell, the Republican, and Independent Kenneth Cody. All three of them chose to speak to us. You can check that out by going to thecore.fm and looking for the 12th District Congressional Candidates. Now, in Wisconsin, who's running there? Uh, Wisconsin is uh, a race between Democrat and incumbent Russ Feingold and uh, Republican and uh, Tea Party candidate Ron Johnson. Uh, Feingold has been representing Wisconsin since 1993, and he's known as a strong progressive candidate. Feingold was in favor of a public option for the health care law and was the only senator in Congress to vote against uh, Wall Street reform because he felt it wasn't tough enough. Uh, he was also named the number one enemy of Washington lobbyists by the uh, Washingtonian, an insider to DC magazine. This is particularly relevant because uh, corporate lobbyists and outside groups have more influence on elections than ever before following the recent Supreme Court decision in the uh, Citizens United case. Uh, that decision gave corporations the power to spend unlimited amounts of money influencing elections. And uh, as Feingold was the original sponsor of the uh, campaign finance legislation that held corporate lobbyists at bay to some extent, he's been uh, their number one target this election cycle. And uh, while Feingold voted against the Wall Street bailouts, Feingold's opponent, Ron Johnson, is trying to win this election using campaign contributions from banks bailed out by the taxpayers. <laughs> this means that you and I have already given money to Ron Johnson's campaign, so we should get to know him better. And, uh, well, Johnson is in favor of repealing health care reform, uh, financial reform, and is against uh, gay equality. Johnson also believes that climate change is caused by sunspots, and, uh, well, sunspot activity is actually at its lowest in uh, years. Now, Right now, Johnson is leading in the aggregate polling by four points, which makes him a clear favorite. But there's still a very real chance that uh, Feingold pulls this one out. All right. 
This is 90.3 The Core. You're listening to a special election night edition of Core of the Matter. We've been talking about some important races happening around the country and a few right here in New Jersey. Next, we're going to hear from Rick Malwitz. He is a reporter at the Home News Tribune and Courier News. And we spoke to him about what's been happening today in the election and what New Jersey voters are thinking about. Uh, My name is Rick Malowitz. I'm a columnist and reporter for the Home News Tribune and the uh, Courier News. Okay, so what kinds of, uh, what issues have the newspapers been following with respect to the election that's happening right now? Well, uh, what's driving most people, uh, not only here but uh, elsewhere around the country, is the whole issue of the economy. And uh, New Jersey has been hit uh, just as hard as the rest of the nation with unemployment. Uh, We have the added factor here of having the largest property taxes in the country, so people are very attuned to that at the uh, local level. And how this will be translated at the uh, state level, the county level, uh, is yet to be determined. Uh, I think there was a it was a watershed election back when uh, the majority of uh, Board of Education budgets were turned down in the spring, which really uh, sort of expressed the voters' concern about property taxes. And uh, as far as the congressional races in our area, it's a if, if any of the incumbents were to lose, and I'm talking about the Democrat incumbents, uh, Frank Pallone and Rush Holt, uh, it would be a major, major loss for the Democrats. Uh, two of them are expected to prevail, but if they were to lose, it'd be part of a what was being suggested might be a nationwide tsunami in favor of the Republicans. So currently the polls are showing that Pallone and Holt are ahead? Yes, there are, uh, most polls have shown them ahead, uh, anywhere from uh, 5 to 10 to 15 points. However, um, Anna Little, who is running against Pallone, uh, who was uh, favored by the Tea Party uh, contingent of the Republicans, uh, she scored a major upset in the primary against the Republicans, uh, the choice of the mainstream party. So you really can't underestimate what she can do at this level. And uh, Scott Saprell, who is running against Rush Holt, he's less of a... Uh, party figure, although he does embrace a lot of what they believe, uh, he being a Wall Street investor, uh, it's, it's very difficult for the Tea Party to sort of identify with him. And uh, Holt has made much of the fact that uh, as a Wall Street investor, that's sort of where his uh, passion lies and kind of questions his ability to uh, work for reform of the financial industry. But uh, again, Saprell could be uh, part of a Republican wave. It's a uh, very strong around the country. So if he were to defeat him, a defeat hall that would be, be part of, a, again, part of a nationwide surge for the Republicans. Okay, so why do you think the Republican message is uh, resonating better with voters than the Democrats' message on the economy, given that you know, it was the Republican policies that led us into this economic mess in the first place? Yeah, in fact, uh, there was a very interesting poll taken over the weekend in which people were asked around the country who was most to blame for the current economic situation. And uh, surprisingly, even among conservatives, they agreed that it was the uh, Bush administration policies that are the main reason for the economy being the way it is now. However, uh, when it's people go to the ballots, they tend to 
blame the incumbents, and that's sort of one way to register their discontent with the with the economy. So that's what's being really fueling the Republicans, not only here in central Jersey, but throughout the country. There's been a lot in the news about the Tea Party. Is there a large Tea Party contingent in our part of New Jersey? I think there is a large vocal part of the Tea Party. I think if you scratch the surface, it's not very deep, but they are very passionate. They write letters to the editor. They uh, make their opinions known. Uh, they really dominated this political cycle with, with various rallies, etc. But as far as how it translates in a general election, that's something we're going to have to wait until the results come in to see uh, exactly how that manifests itself. Middlesex County freeholders have been Democrats for quite some time. Do you think it's likely that they'll stay in office, or is there a, a credible challenge to them? Well, the uh, one of the real stunners last November was the fact that uh, Chris Christie, a Republican, um, won Middlesex County by a rather comfortable margin. Middlesex has always been one of the strongest Democrat counties in the state, and the fact that Christie carried it was, uh, was quite a stunner. In fact, it was sort of illustrative of the fact that uh, Corzine just didn't register with the voters. However, Democrats have been uh, traditionally, they, they've been very successful at the freeholder level in uh, Middlesex County, across the border in the Somerset County, and the Republicans dominate that, have dominated it for decades. So I really would be very surprised if the uh, Republicans prevailed in Middlesex County. Has there been any word of trouble at the polls so far today? No, we haven't heard anything. Uh, you know, our, our our police reporters have been it's been kind of quiet. And, um, there's no reports of any shenanigans by either side at this point in time. Uh, we haven't heard of anything, so it seems to be a pretty uh, calm, cool, and collected election. So, what economic policies do you think the voters would like to see instituted? Well. When you're talking New Jersey, you want something um, about uh, property taxes. And it was there's a very interesting report that's going to come out from uh, Rutgers tomorrow, which is going to look at job loss in the uh, state. And a vast majority, uh, maybe 90, 95 percent of the jobs that have been lost since May have been lost in the public sector, with most of them lost at the local government level. So, and, and the forecast also does not predict there will be any job growth in the public sector uh, through the year 2020. Of course, uh, well, we're talking 10 years from now. Uh, and it being that local officials have gotten the message that people have just um, enough is enough with the property tax. Uh, so that really, and, and municipal governments are replying by, are responding by letting, uh, letting go of a lot of municipal workers. So which is driven, again, by the uh, anger over the state's uh, property tax. At the same time, people are, people are losing values in their house, their, their, their real value. And so they look at the property tax and say, hey, you know, why should I be paying what I was paying two years ago when my house has lost 10, 15 percent of its value? You mentioned the job losses for municipal workers in East Brunswick, which is near here. They've cut. Yeah, so yeah, so you're, yeah, it's all throughout the state. This is a state report. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, East Brunswick lost jobs. Everybody's lost jobs. So is that job loss having a big effect statewide compared to the other job losses that we've suffered recently? Well, um, we've, we've lost the old manufacturing base that we had. and you, you have to have, your memory has to go back to the 50s and 60s and early 70s to remember when New Jersey was a major, major manufacturing state. Um, locally, for example, there was the large General Motors plant in Linden. There was a large uh, Ford motor plant in, uh, on Route 1 in Edison. Uh, both of those vanished in, within the past uh, five, ten years. Um, a lot of the industry along the Raritan River has obliterated the type of industry that would hire you know, thousands of people at blue-collar jobs that gave them a middle-class lifestyle. So we don't have that anymore. And uh, as I, I pointed out recently in a column, it used to be that New Jersey makes things, and now we simply handle things. So usually in an election, you can count on a lot of seniors coming out to vote and fewer young people. In the last election, more young people voted. Do you think the voter turnout is going to be about the same as it was last time? Will the, will the uh, composition change at all? I think in compared to the presidential election two years ago, there was a lot of excitement on campuses and among young people about the Obama uh, campaign, and that drew a lot of young people, uh, more so than any time in a generation. I don't think that the young people are out there voting now when you're talking simply uh, congressional races and freeholder races. Then there are some local races, of course, but... Uh, it doesn't have the same appeal to young voters that it had two years ago. You're listening to 90.3 The Core, and we're having some special election coverage tonight. We're talking with Rick Mallitz of the Home News Tribune and the Courier News. And Yashwanth, did you have another question for Rick? Yeah, you mentioned the uh, the losses at the uh, local government level and uh, the loss of public sector jobs. I was just wondering uh, if you think there's going to be any public sector union backlash politically. Well, the, the unions, the public unions, uh, they've really been isolated by uh, the governor. And as a result, uh, you know, they feel there's, there's passion for their issue. But they've been made to be perceived as the enemy. And, you know, the governor's been very successful in his campaign against public unions, creating the notion that that's the reason why taxes were so high. And... Uh, so they're sort of back in the union into a corner. And uh, unions, of course, are not certainly not what they used to be. They're, the private sector is, uh, the unions are vanishing. And uh, the public sector, the unions are finding that, that there's just not a stomach at the state level uh, and the local level to, uh, to, to fund them and to fund their pensions and benefits, et cetera. Uh, again, Chris Christie's done a very successful job of turning the electorate against the unions. And what impact do you think uh, the loss of power and the marginalization of the public sector unions is going to have on uh, education in the state? Well, that's um, uh, it's curious that Governor Christie has aligned himself with some of the policies of the Obama administration. In fact, the uh, Obama administration has uh, angered the teachers' unions. 
So they seem to be, the, the governor and the president, oddly enough, seem to be on the same page in some of the uh, reforms they want in education. And as a result, uh, again, they're marginalizing the, the, the unions, the teachers, etc. Now, as to what effect it has on the kids, uh, it, it's hard to believe that when you start taking away programs and teachers that you're going to have a better educated uh, children in the state. At the same time, when you know the demand for, especially in the urban areas, uh, the demand or, or the need to educate children is so great in a society where the, those old manufacturing jobs I spoke about are all gone. You need you, you, it's a knowledge-based economy, and uh, unless you train children right from the start, in you know they can't get those old-fashioned muscle jobs anymore. Got to use their brains. So in these midterm elections, which happen between presidential elections, turnout is typically much lower? Well, yes. Um, in, in fact, it'll be curious. We had a, the, the race we had last November, the governor's race, uh, drew quite a bit of interest. It'll be curious to see. I, I don't think that even we'll have the same turnout we had uh, for the governor's race a year ago. But nothing... Uh, not only in New Jersey, but around the country, nothing tops a, uh, a contested presidential race, uh, which we, of course, only get once every four years. So we won't get those type of turnouts uh, this year uh, that we have in the it, it, that we've had in presidential years. So, what other issues are New Jersey voters thinking about today? Uh, well, it's curious that. Um, the issues at the national level, uh, such as war and peace and terrorism, etc., you, you've heard very little discussion about that this year because people are so consumed with what's happening in the economy and what's happening in the job market that that seems to have trumped all other issues at the, at the local level, at the county level, and at the state, the state and national level. Uh, what do you think voter anger is right now towards the Wall Street bankers? Well, um, it's curious when you run an ad and you link someone uh, to Wall Street, it's considered a very effective attack. In fact, that's one of the strategies that Rush Holt had in his campaign, linking his opponent, Scott Saprell, to his uh, Wall Street background. So Wall Street sort of became a dirty word, uh, Goldman Sachs an even dirtier word. So that there's a lot of a lot of people that look at the banks, look at Goldman Sachs, look at Wall Street, etc. as uh, part of the problem. There's a resentment too over the fact that when there was a crisis in Wall Street, the government came and started bailing them out following the loss of Lehman Brothers. And whereas the guy with the store on Main Street didn't find himself bailed out, so there's a lot of sense that there was a favoritism toward Wall Street. I think that favoritism or that, that sense is well-grounded. Now, a lot of these Tea Party candidates running nationwide, uh, ironically enough, are receiving campaign contributions from banks that were bailed out. Uh, at what point do you think Tea Party voters uh, realize this about their candidates and turn against them, if ever? Well, it's uh, see, one of the uh, very unfortunate effects of the Supreme Court decision that allowed corporations in foreign countries to contribute to campaigns without having to identify themselves. Um, you have a lot of the, there's been some, some 
some pretty good reporting on this, the fact that the Tea Party issues, they want less government, they want less regulation, they want to take our government back, whatever that means. Well, this is music to the ears, to the corporations and to Wall Street, because they want less government, they want less regulation. And I think the Tea Party is being used by a lot of the uh, money interests to to fuel this uh, so-called Tea Party anger, when in effect, you know, you go to a Tea Party rally and you don't see a lot of bankers and Wall Street types there. Um, they seem to be very, you know, a middle class, uh, salt of the earth type people. And here, I, I believe they're being used, their passion is being used by the moneyed interest. Is the Who News Tribune conducting any exit polls today? No, we don't do that. Um, in fact, uh, there's a lot less exit polling done today uh, at, the, at the state level, the national level, than, than it's been done previously. It's, it's really some of the national, the exit polling, especially um, following the election, I guess it was 2004, between uh, George Bush and uh, John Kerry, in which the exit polling was so flawed, it really um, sort of did damage to the exit polling industry. So you don't really see a lot of that anymore. You see a lot of internal polls that, that candidates will refer to, but you raise your skepticism over that because these are done by partisan people who have their own self-interest, so you really don't know how how to trust uh, the internal polls. So you sort of leave it to the voter, and the voter's out there voting, and the only vote that counts. So when can we expect to, when can people expect to start getting results? Where should they look for them? Well, um, let's see, we got another, how much more we got for, sometime, you know, they, they should start, especially the smaller towns, they should start coming in shortly uh, after the polls close. And, um, you know, we'll start, you'll start seeing them on our webpage, which I can plug now at uh, mycentraljersey.com. Simply tell listeners to check it out and it's, soon as we get information, we pass it along. And is there anything else you want to say about the election? No, I just love the process of, uh, I love the process, and I enjoy, uh, I miss going to the school and getting cupcakes. I now have to go to the firehouse, but um, it's, uh, you know, it's democracy at work, and um, I've never had my vote count because I've never voted in an election where it was decided by one vote, but very few elections are decided by one vote, but you go anyway, and it's just sort of what we do, part of who we are. Absolutely. Rick Melowitz works at the Home News Tribune and the Courier News right here in New Jersey. You're listening to election coverage on 90.3 The Core, and we'll be back right after this. Thanks for staying tuned to 90.3 The Core. Now the core community calendar. Monday, November 1st, all about internships and health professions from 5 to 6.30 p.m. in the Bush Campus Center Career Services. Learn how to obtain research, medical, and social service-related internships, jobs, or volunteer experiences. 
Tuesday, November 2nd, resume writing for federal government will take place from 3 to 4.30 p.m. in the Rutgers Student Center, room 410. Also, check out Rutgers Zone Tunes Live from 9.30 to 11 in the Livingston Student Center. Wednesday, November 3rd, the Rutgers Zone Weekly Trivia Tournament will take place from 8.30 to 10 p.m. in the Livingston Student Center. Register your team by 8.30 p.m. in order to challenge your peers in Buzz Time Trivia. Thursday, November 4th, come to Rupa's Poppin' Thursdays from 1 to 3.30 p.m. in the Livingston Student Center. Check out what's poppin' with Rupa's up-and-coming events with some free popcorn and toppings. Friday, November 5th, come out to Responsible Drinking Happy Hour from 4 to 7 p.m. in the Cook Campus Center, MV Avenue. Responsible Drinking Happy Hour was established to unite the community while emphasizing the importance of responsible drinking. Don't forget to check out our website at thecore.fm. And now stay tuned. More Great Core Radio is on the way. This is 90.3 The Core, and you are listening to a special election night edition of Core of the Matter. I'm Mindy Hoffman. And I'm Yashwant Manjanam. And I'm Rebecca Berkowitz. And we are here in the Core Studios giving you some updates on elections around the country and talking about important races and some races right here in New Jersey. Earlier, we heard from Caroline Osterman who is a campaign worker. And also we heard from Rick Malwitz of the Home News Tribune and Courier News. And Yashwant, you said you had a few more updates? Yeah, I do, Mindy. Uh, right now, I can officially report that Rob Portman has defeated uh, Lee Fisher in Ohio. Uh, Rob Portman is the Republican. Fisher is the Democrat. This was another race that really wasn't in much doubt towards the end. Fisher had serious fundraising issues, and uh, Portman just wore him down and uh, coasted to an easy victory. Also, NBC News is reporting that uh, while the race is still too close to call, Joe Manchin, the Democratic governor, uh, has pulled out to an, uh, to an early lead against John Racy, the Republican challenger, for uh, Robert Byrd's old seat. And if you've got an opinion about that race or any others, or if you want to talk to us about why you voted the way you did today, then you can give us a call. The number here is 732-445-9300. You can tell us how you voted or what made you decide to vote one way or another today. Now, there were some, there were a few more races around the country that you wanted to talk about. How about Washington? What's happening there? Well, uh, Washington is uh, is a toss-up right now between uh, incumbent Democrat Patty Murray and uh, her Republican challenger, Dino Rossi. Uh, Patty Murray is the uh, Senate Majority uh, Conference Secretary, making her the fourth highest-ranking Democrat in the Senate. In rank, she's only behind Harry Reid, Dick Durbin, and uh, Chuck Schumer among the Democratic leadership. So this is a big seat for them. And uh, Murray is a down-the-line establishment Democrat, which is a, a good or bad thing, depending on your perspective. Uh, Murray has supported all of the big Obama initiatives, including the uh, economic stimulus package the new health care law, and uh, the financial reform legislation. Uh, Rossi has attacked Murray for all of those votes and has pledged to repeal the financial reform legislation and the new health care law if he's elected. Rossi has received most of his campaign contributions from out-of-state special interests, including the Wall Street banks and the, uh, the big health insurance companies. So it looks like he's uh, already trying to take care of his donors before he even gets elected. <laughs> and uh, recent aggregate polling has the race at a toss-up with uh, Murray up by a point, but the race is uh, is starting to trend towards Rossi, at least in the, the latest polling. And there's an interesting race in Illinois. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, 
this is the race for Barack Obama's old Senate seat. Uh, on uh, it's between uh, Democrat Alexei Janulius and uh, Republican Mark Kirk. Uh, Alexei Janulius on social issues is uh, pro-choice and a strong supporter of LGBT equality, including gay marriage and uh, repeal of "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" in the military. Uh, on economic issues, Janulius has been endorsed by the SEIU and the uh, AFL-CIO, two of the largest unions in the country. And uh, finally, his opposition to offshore oil drilling and uh, support for cap and trade has uh, earned him the support of the Sierra Club and the uh, League of uh, Conservation Voters. Janulius would be one of the most liberal Democrats in Congress if elected to the Senate. Uh, Mark Kirk, on the other hand, is regarded as one of the most, if not the most moderate Republican uh, in the entire party. He has a 100% rating from Planned Parenthood and is strongly pro-choice. He also has an F rating from the NRA for his strong support of gun control. And he only has a 48% rating from the American Conservative Union, which judges how politicians vote on issues uh, important to conservatives. Although Kirk is is a friend to the lobbyists and uh, business interests and uh, has received a 90% rating from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. In the uh, latest aggregate polling, Kirk is winning by about two points, although the race is still very much a toss-up with as many as 15% of voters still undecided, and those undecided voters have to break one way on Election Day. So there's a lot happening in the Senate, but there's also a lot going on in the Congress in this election. Here at Rutgers, we're covered by two districts, and we're electing a congressman in both of those, of course, because congressmen are elected every two years. What's going on with the House just overall? Well, as far as predicting House races, the uh, individual characteristics of the candidates are uh, really less important than the national climate. And right now, the climate appears to be extremely good for the Republicans. Uh, Republicans need 39 seats to pick up the House majority. Right now, they are projected to win around 54 seats in the latest aggregate polling. 54 seats would be a repeat of the uh, Republican Revolution of 1994, when the Republicans took control of the House for the first time in over four decades. However, the the venerable Gallup organization, which runs the Gallup poll, gives the Republicans a 15-point lead in the national generic House ballot among likely voters. And uh, to put that into uh, proper context... When the Republicans picked up 54 seats in 1994, Gallup only had them up by five points in the generic ballot. A 15-point lead translates into anywhere from an 80 to 100-seat pickup for the Republicans. Uh, The largest defeat ever suffered by a political party in a House election is 1938. The Republicans lost, or the Democrats, excuse me, lost 72 House seats that year in the uh, midst of the Great Depression under Franklin Roosevelt. If Gallup's projections are correct, then we might be seeing history tonight. Uh, Of course, I do have an update on how the House races are going. And based on exit polling, it looks like the Democrats are doing better in in some of those toss-up districts, uh, which might help mitigate some of their losses. And uh, it looks like Gallup might be an outlier, and the aggregate polling is closer to the truth. This is 90.3 The Core. You're listening to a special election night edition of Core of the Matter, the public affairs forum of 90.3 The Core. If you'd like to hear more of our election coverage, we spoke to Anna Little, who is one is one of the congressional candidates in the 6th Congressional District. She is a Tea Party candidate who upset her Republican challenger in the primary. We also spoke to all three candidates from the 12th District, 
Democratic incumbent Rush Holtz, Republican Scott Saprell, and Independent Kenneth Cody. The polls are closing in about nine minutes here in New Jersey. The polls close at 8. They opened up at 6 a.m., so we all had plenty of time to vote. In nearby New York and Connecticut, the polls are open until 9. Actually, I think in Connecticut they close at 8. In New York, they're open until 9. You know, it's the city that never sleeps, so they, <laughs> they need more time to vote. Yeah, absolutely. Now, right here in the Livingston Student Center, where 90.3 The Core is located, we actually have our own polling place. Oh, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Mindy. I actually have another update. Uh, we reported earlier that Rand Paul defeated Jack Conway. Uh, the Conway camp says that it's uh, too early for them to concede and uh, might have to wait a little bit more. But right now, Rand Paul is still a projected winner. So, And would you just remind us of what uh, of the, uh, the points in that race? Yeah, well... Rand Paul is the uh, he's a libertarian. He's against the uh, Republican establishment. Uh, he defeated a, a Republican handpicked by Mitch McConnell, the ma- Senate Majority Leader for the Republicans in Kentucky, uh, in, in the primary. And uh, his opponent, Jack Conway, is a uh, you know progressive Democrat trying to run in Kentucky, which is uh, you know pretty hostile to progressive Democrats. But in the polling. Uh, Conway was running competitively with with Paul because of some of Paul's more extreme views, like his opposition to the 1964 Civil Rights Act, his opposition to the EPA, the Department of Education, Social Security, Medicare, etc. He finds all these things unconstitutional. But uh, just when it looked like Conway was uh, starting to pull ahead of Paul, he made the mistake of running a, a controversial campaign ad called the Aqua Buddha campaign ad. Uh, <laughs> that is a very silly name. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, apparently uh, in the ad, Conway alleges that uh, that Paul, while he was in college, kidnapped a young woman as a prank and uh, mocked Christianity and told the woman that uh, she must bow down to, to Paul's God, not Jesus, but Aqua Buddha. And Conway was counting on this, playing well with the uh, many Christian voters in Kentucky, uh, it backfire, backfired on him, of course, because the media hammered him on the ad uh, as uh, being dirty and uh, basing, uh, you know, the fact that the allegations haven't really been uh, proven. And uh, Conway, uh, excuse me, Paul took the, the clips of the different media outlets bashing Conway for the ad and turned it into his own campaign ad and... Uh, from that point on, Paul really hasn't looked back. And in the latest polling, he, he was up by as many as six points, seven points, uh, when the race was a toss-up, really heading into the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Democrats can't seem to get that right when they try to uh, use some of those tricks that Republicans use. They just they never really seem to be able to pull it off very well. Well, it, it seems like, you know, in the Washington media's eyes, uh, it's okay for the Republicans to play dirty, but uh, if the Democrats do it well, it's it's impolite. And, you know, what can you do? Yeah, well, I guess we should all try to be polite most of the time. And speaking of time, it is 7.54. The polls are closing in six minutes. If you haven't voted, I'm very sorry, but you cannot vote anymore unless you happen to be right next to your polling place. And... We are, in fact, right next to a polling place. The, poll- yep. the polling place in Livingston Student Center is for people who are registered to vote on Livingston campus. And, 
you might think, well, how many people could possibly be registered to vote on Livingston campus? It's about 1,500 people. However, most of those people have moved away and not changed their registration. So the number of people who have come in to vote today, as of about 10 minutes ago, was 38 people had come in to vote, and then they had five absentee ballots to count. And that is the extent of the voting here on Livingston campus today. Yeah, my math's not too good, but that sounds like awfully low turnout. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys, have you noticed more apathy this year, I guess, for this election? Because I, I feel like there's a little bit more among people I know, just not a lot of interest in voting. If, uh, I think among people who are paying attention to the news, there's been a little more interest, partly because of the Tea Party, whether you are you know, fired up by the Tea Party or fired up against the Tea Party. I think that's generated a little interest for people and made like made the election feel a little more vital because people tend to not get excited by the midterm elections because, you know, there's no big presidential race, which I think is really a shame because Congress has such a huge effect on people's lives. And whether your congressman is a Republican or a Democrat or an independent, and depending on what this person's views are within their party, I mean, it can it can really affect things that touch us every day. So I'm a little I'm a little surprised that people don't pay more attention. But I guess that's just that's one of the problems with political apathy. Yeah, I mean, to really address your point about that, Mindy, I actually have a story about why people should really care a great deal about midterm elections. Uh, during uh, the 1994 midterm elections, uh, in the middle of Bill Clinton's first term, the Republicans, you know, as I, we've mentioned on the show already, picked up 54 seats and took control of the House for the first time in uh, 43 years, I think it was. And with their uh, newfound power, finally controlling the House of Representatives, uh, it turns out the House decides what legislation that's passed it gets funded and what doesn't. So Newt Gingrich, as Speaker of the House, actually uh, tried to defund some of Bill Clinton's programs, which led to a government shutdown in 1995 for about a month. And the consequences of that government shutdown were devastating. Uh, you know, there was a period where, I mean, people on Social Security weren't getting their checks. Uh, people on disability weren't getting their payments. Uh, veterans weren't getting their benefits. And, I mean, right now the economy is really in much worse shape than it was during Bill Clinton's first term. And, you know, if the Republicans do win the House and they've already there have already been whispers about them uh, attempting another government shutdown, just like they did in the 90s, uh, the consequences of an action like that during this recession could really be severe and really cause a lot of suffering out there. So, you know, people really need to be paying attention to these midterm elections. And, yeah, Congress has a lot more power than people think. And if, you've, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, wow, I really should have voted, well, take the time right now to register to vote for the next election. There's one almost every year here in New Jersey. And whether you're voting for a school board or for president or for Congress, it's something that's going to affect your life and the lives of everyone around you. So you can go to areyouvoting.rutgers.edu or njvoterinfo.org. Those are both sites that have a lot of information about voting in New Jersey, how to register, where to vote, how to find out where you're registered in case maybe you've moved around and you've forgotten. So that's something to check out before the next election comes around, just, you know, so that you're prepared. I noticed at my polling place a little more 
interest than usual. There were a few more people than I usually see there. Rebecca, were there a lot of people at your polling place? There, there was a little bit of a line. I mean, I usually go at the off times, um, so I usually don't, you know, there are usually a couple people in front of me. Uh, I think I think my number was, I guess, 116 off of my my little tablet. If that, you know, if that is a correct number, then that's, I guess that's a pretty good turnout. So... And Yashwanth, what's uh, were, were there a lot of people at your polling place? Uh, well, not exactly, but I went fairly early, so uh, I mean I don't really know how to judge that. But uh, nationally, apparently there's been higher than expected turnout in urban areas, so that's a good sign uh, that people are getting more involved. And in the state of Wisconsin, uh, in a race that we already talked about earlier with Feingold and Johnson. Uh, Wisconsin is expecting record turnout for a midterm election, about 50% of uh, registered voters. And speaking of uh, signs and voting, in my polling place, while I was voting, I'm, I'm standing in the voting machine, and all of a sudden, the lights went out. It was in a, our, our, my polling place is in a relatively newly constructed school, and apparently the lights are on timers. So the lights uh, went out, and they had to figure out how to turn <laughs> the lights back on. What, uh, what school was this? Um, it was a middle school. So we've been talking about voting here on this special election night issue of Core of the Matter, the public affairs forum of 90.3 of the Core. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, you can email them to news at thecore.fm. And if you have a suggestion maybe for a future topic of Core of the Matter, well, you can check that out too. You can email us your suggestions to news at thecore.fm. I'm Mindy Hoffman. And I'm Yashwant Manjanath. And I'm Rebecca Berkowitz. And you've been listening to Core of the Matter on 90.3 The Core. Happy Election Day. You've been listening to The Core of the Matter on 90.3 The Core. Opinions expressed on The Core of the Matter are those of the participants only, and not necessarily those of WVPHFM or Rutgers University.